This episode was originally recorded entirely live on November 3rd, 2020 on election night. We had never done live episodes before, so you have to forgive some of the audio issues we had at the beginning into the middle. I think I fixed most of the levels by the end, but it's not going to have the same exact sound quality you're used to in a normal show. You have to forgive us. We only had the idea about three hours in advance. Thank you, Joseph. Um, <laughs> it was fun, though. It was fun to have people live in the comment section. It was fun to just kind of do a play-by-play as we went through there. We might do this again. If you have a topic idea for us to do live and something that you guys would like to be in the comments for during that, uh, shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can shoot us an email at contact at thepatriarchypodcast.com, and we'd love to do another episode. So without further ado, here we go. This is how we disable toxic masculinity. We need to kill all men. It's pagan patriarchalism that is coming back out of the shadows. Feminism hates patriarchy. It's the woman that runs the show, and the woman that runs the community and is the backbone of, of that area. I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. Patriarchy. Authority over me? Go eat your superior. I personally can't see why egalitarianism would be a bad thing. The assumption that wives should make babies instead of money is part of the patriarchy. Don't say hi to strange women you don't know. Patriarchy. The patriarchy. 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 Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together, against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces, and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven shall laugh, the Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath, and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are those who put their trust in him. And that is Psalm 2. You are on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, and you are listening to The Patriarchy. My name is Tony DePani, and I am joined by my co-host, Pastor Joseph Randall Spurgeon. Woman, get back in here and make me a sandwich. Joseph, what kind of sandwich are you eating today? Well, man, you know, since we're live, um, I don't know why that has to do with anything, but since we're live, <laughs> I, I would, thought I would tell you why I don't have a sandwich. What? You know, well, you never have a sandwich anyway. So. No, I'm, I, I, here's the problem. Earlier today, I was out um, just doing some shopping with the family and I was going to try to surprise my wife with some flowers. Okay. 
and there's this little shop. It's a florist shop, and it's actually run by a group of friars. Mm. So it's, it's like this Catholic uh, there's a florist joke. shop. There's a joke coming. Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead. And I really liked buying flowers from here. They do a very good job, and uh, I always thought it was kind of cool watching them in there, like their Jedi outfits, putting together the flowers. Okay. Anyways, went there today to get flowers and they were shut down mm. and uh, it looked like they had been just, just closed the day. There was actually one of the friars was leaving and I asked him, I was like, what's going on? And he told me that there's a guy across the street named uh, Hugh McTaggart. Okay. And uh, he's one of their rivals. He owns a flower shop and uh, you know, they've had other rivals trying to shut them down but they've always been able to beat this but this guy hugh had come up to him and been threatening them and he actually persuaded them to close and so what we realize is only hugh can prevent florist friars <laughs> I, oh why did i know that was so the payoff took so long <laughs> I, I, oh, oh my god <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That had absolutely nothing to do with the sandwich. <laughs> no. I yeah, no, they had oh goodness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because he prevented the florist fryers, I couldn't get flowers for my wife and she didn't fix me a sandwich. There you go. There you go. Brought it back around. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Well, I had a grilled cheese. There you go. <laughs> That's this is what I had. I had to have something quick. And your wife made the cheese. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, she made she made the your bread. wife made the cheese. She made the bread. She made the cheese. Uh, she actually uh, she had, she made the cast iron skillet. She went out and <laughs> smelted the the metal or whatever. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, nice. It's good, good grilled cheese sandwich. So sometimes you got to go simple. You know, can't can't always be florists and fires and whatever things that you just described. But yeah. <laughs> So we're, we're live, man. We've never done this before. No. And so people will see how bad we are and then uh, how much they'll, they'll get a little bit behind the, the scenes and they'll realize how much editing you do. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying not to do too much anymore, but yeah. Well, no. what we got on to talk about was basically the election at this point. So uh, what, are, what are some of the updates that you've seen so far? Well, I mean, it's, it's extremely early in, in the night, so... I'm looking at uh, one of the websites that um, it's actually being a little more slow to update, but excuse me, it seems to be a little bit more accurate. CNN.com, the, the most reliable name <laughs> in news or whatever. N no. Oh, and so I'm M seeing MSNBC, about eight... MSNBC. That's the second most reliable news. Yeah. Okay. No, not them either. Oh, I am seeing about 8% of the vote in the nation. That's what it says. 8% expected to vote in. It's hard to take track you remember so many people voted early so they were to get a, a lot of these early counts is going to be all all over the place mm -hmm. the one i'm really paying attention to right now is florida okay and it's got 80 percent in and it's right now biden is ahead by six thousand votes and so it's 49.5 to 49.6 with 80 percent <laughs> i'm i'm from what I'm seeing in other places, it looks like Biden 
did not have quite the turnout that he was hoping in in some of these uh the the early write-in and the early voting especially in some of the regions that are more um democrats so still 20 percent come in but a lot of people are saying that florida looks like it's going to go to trump um that would be a pretty big big deal mm-hmm. yeah um one i don't understand this but some of these uh uh media are already calling north carolina for for biden based on what uh-oh folks i think we've lost joseph so i, I don't know there he is. we lost you for a minute you're back oh you did yep okay yeah um <laughs> i don't know where, where i left off other than to say i don't understand why they're calling North Carolina, so I'd be I'd be kind of iffy on looking at that. On you're seeing some places they're calling that. Mm-hmm. So very early, this is gonna be an interesting night. Uh, I think it would be cool for us to just kind of uh, let's talk about who we voted for, and uh, before we actually talk about who we voted for in this election, why don't we talk about just uh, our history of voting? So like, tell us when the first time you got to vote was what was the election what, what happened all around then um let's see i think the first election i voted in was i think it was the well not the first uh, the second uh george bush yeah i think it was bush and gore if i remember right i think it was in college at the time okay so the second george bush yes yeah yeah second george bush not the first okay i was the second term i was no no uh I don't know. Man, it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember voting the, in that election. It obviously was not the first George Bush. <laughs> I was a little young then. <laughs> was it John Kerry that he was against, or was it Al Gore? Oh, uh, you know, it might have been Kerry. I can't remember. All right, so now now Florida is is like, like there's like 1,000, 2,000 vote difference, 81% in. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty tight. Um, yeah, that's what I figured on some of these is... I think, I think a lot of people, I don't know. It, 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 you're looking at some of these stats. Did a lot of people wait until the day to vote? I mean, I did. I voted today. I didn't vote early. Yeah. Uh, well, here's what I mean. This is what the conventional wisdom is: is that Democrats were more likely to do early voting, mm-hmm. and Republicans more likely to vote because we were in working, person, probably. No, you remember part of the strategy, and we'll see if this paid off, was you, this playing off of COVID and fear and, and convincing all your people to vote by mail. Because the idea was they would think, well, we'll send these ballots out and then we'll get more voting. So the Democratic view is always that the more people vote, they think the more that they have a chance of winning. So vote, vote and, soon and vote often. That's the Democratic yeah, way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Vote as the last thing you do before you die and the first thing you do after you die. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, no. Um, anyway, so you voted in that first election, Bush. Uh, you said Bush Kerry? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Oh, man. Okay. So that was my second time to vote. I voted for the uh, in the first election with Bush Al Gore. Man, that was pretty crazy with uh, Florida and the hanging chads. And so with yeah. Florida being so close now, and actually um, looking at it now, it says Trump has overtaken 
uh, uh, Biden in Florida with 81%. Hmm. So yeah. very close, 49.6 to 49.4. So you're talking, well, this looks about 15,000 votes. So uh, very close. It'll be very interesting how that turns out. But anyways, so I voted in the first uh, um, time with Bush. And uh, sadly, I voted for Bush. Um, didn't know what we were getting with him. Yeah, I don't think a lot of us did. Um, you know, I I liked Bush as a person in a weird way. Like, he had a good uh, personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm and was likable and of course the media despised him every moment of the day which makes him a little bit more likable but <laughs> yeah, yeah the rush to being in the uh, um the rush to war and those things uh looking back in the, in the way the and the economy tanked on its final days and he, the kind of we've got to abandon capitalism to save capitalism was yeah. kind of dumb hey what Hey, we got but, somebody uh, in the comments. What site are you using to look up results? I can't tell you. Otherwise, it'd be no fun. You'd go there and you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't listen. Oh, sorry, sorry, Amy Summers. He's being cagey. <laughs> uh, where are you looking at? Are are your numbers different than mine? So, Florida just went back. Well, no, no, it didn't. Florida is. Uh, yeah, went back to the Biden um, category. So this is going to be back and forth. 81%, still 19%. And, of course, um, who knows what kind of numbers we're going to get this evening. I think Flor- Florida's kind of been a weird state in the past so many elections. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see what Florida does. Uh, here, let me go to, like, Google and see what they're saying. Because, you know, they're the bastion of truth. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so they have... Good old Google. It at 80, good old Google. They have 81% and they have Trump winning, um, I mean, so far in Florida. Google does? And, wow, I thought Google was just going to say Biden yeah. no matter what. No, so uh, right now they got electoral votes 22 to 16. But they're calling, I don't know why they're calling Virginia with 14% and Trump still ahead. 14 percent and they're calling it yeah they're calling it for biden and uh trump's winning 59 percent to 39 so they're using polls and exit polls and all that stuff yeah yeah that's always a bunch of nonsense yeah um he can lose that and it'll be okay um president trump so anyways back to well we'll, we'll keep checking on these as we go sure. but uh who'd you vote for uh, uh in uh Bush versus Kerry. Uh, I voted for Bush in that one. Yeah. And again, I, I like, yeah, like you were saying, I think at the time I, I think I thought he was a good man. I wasn't entirely sure what we were going to get ourselves into with everything else. Um, I don't think he was the worst president ever, but there was a lot of things that after the fact, you know, even like the Patriot Act, not a fan, mm-hmm. not a fan. Don't like that. Um, and I know a lot of people, were okay with it because he was a Republican and they're like, Oh, you know, and even if he was like the most stand up guy with the Patriot act, my dad has always said this, there's always going to be somebody that's going to come after him. That's going to abuse it. You know, you can't, you can't put that, that genie back in the bottle. 
You there? I lose you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. I'm, I'm just uh, sorry. Looking at some of these uh, at results. He's being yep. a statistician. Okay. I'm being the stat dude. But He's being yeah, a stat dude. Yeah, I, I, and here's the thing. So, okay, let's go back another election. I did. I didn't vote for Obama, but when Obama won the first time. I didn't think it was like the end of the world. I mean, I, was, I wasn't a fan of him. wasn't a fan of most of his policies and stuff, but I I didn't expect, I think, what happened. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't expect him, I think, to be as bad as he was um, the first time when he got elected. But, yeah. I, it, I just don't think anybody had a chance against him that first time. No, and, and certainly not McCain. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He tried to bring in uh, the um, the Alaskan Sarah Palin and bring some energy, and she kind of did, but then she kind of... It's a little too much energy. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I, I think it was a little too much energy. I, I, was, I was just never a Sarah Palin fan. I, I don't know, man. I just couldn't get... I just, I just wasn't a fan. I, I don't know why. I just wasn't a fan. I think she was a little too. I don't know. I think she's a little too much, in in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, what do you think of her? No, she, oh, over the top, and and um, you know, at at the time, so that was what two thousand? No, uh, no, not two thousand. No, it was two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand eight. I was uh, at that point in my life. I was. I had been rebelling against God and was coming kind of out of that at that time. And even then at that point, I, I sensed that having a woman lead our nation or be second in leading our nation was a sign of God's judgment. And so when I voted for McCain then, which I did, um, because I did see as Barack Obama was, I think a, a judgment on our nation too. Um, something because of his socialistic and, and mm -hmm. wicked policies. So my vote then was not like this great, big, enthusiastic vote for uh, uh, McCain. Kind of hard to get enthusiastic for McCain. Yeah. And, and I think maybe that was part of the thing with Palin is McCain was, well, I guess, com and I'm trying to be fair here, comparing McCain to Pence, McCain looks like, you know, <laughs> really outgoing. Um, but back then he was kind of like Pence. I mean, he just kind of, he was a little, he was more outgoing than Pence, but he just, there wasn't much there. I, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot of personality to him, I think. But then you had Palin and she was just like trying to make up for it all. And man, she was over the top. And I just, yeah, I just couldn't get behind her on that. I, I, I didn't really, wasn't a fan of McCain that much either, to be honest. But uh, I guess he was better than who came after him, Romney, mm -hmm. the, the Mormon. <laughs> yeah, and my some of my beliefs, especially as as uh, regarding God's law and the type of men we ought to vote for and and think about, was also transitioning in the time of Romney, and uh, yeah, he was a he was a dud, as you can tell, his being in the office now. Um, a never oh, yeah. trumper kind of just, well, just he, always. He's he's a total. He's a rhino, a Republican in name only. I mean, he he is every bit of that. He's just, yeah. He's he's like a 
Democrat light. Yeah, he always kisses left and punches right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, yes, um, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> there's a whole lot of people that do that. They want to play that center ground. And it's always the moderates in history that they call themselves moderates, really, that end up uh, enabling the left or the liberals to overtake institutions. It's always the moderates that want to play nice and kiss to the left and punch at the right, mm-hmm. that it, they, they, while also at the same time trying to maintain that they're orthodox in their position. So that that happens in Christian um, history, that you think of the... the um, moderate or the the modernist fundamental controversy in presbyterianism it was all the um moderates that allowed the pcusa that, that allowed the presbyterians to be taken over by the liberals mm-hmm. yeah that's then, unfortunately true and then the liberals turn around and eat the moderates it's usually what happens yeah that's that's yeah and i we've conservatives, Republicans, whatever, moderates. Um, I know it's not all the same thing, so don't get on me in the comments. Um, But that side, I feel like we have given so many concessions to the left. And it's like, for some reason, we expect that they're going to give something back. I don't know why, because they never do. I mean, like you said, they just turn around and eat you. So I don't really understand. I've said this numerous times with like the gun control debate. I don't understand why we keep giving them stuff. We don't get anything back, ever. It's this story. Have you ever heard this story about like there's like a, a, a liberal and there's a conservative. The conservative has this best this pie that he just bought, this brand new pie, and he sits down to eat it, and the liberal looks at him and is like, "Hey man, you gonna share a piece of your pie with me?" And the conservative is like, well, you know, I just bought this pie. You can go get one yourself. And the liberal's like, come on, man, it's not fair. Just give me a little piece. And so the conservative, feeling okay, gives a slice of his pie to the liberal. And so he's missing a slice. Now he's going to eat some more. And then the liberal's like, hey, man, why don't you share me half of your pie? It's not fair that you don't, you know, look at the small piece that I have. And this giant piece that you have, this is not fair, man. Uh, you got way more than I do. And uh, the conservative starts feeling a little bit of pity and says, all right, man. And so he cuts it down to half, gives half his pie to the liberal and keeps half his pie. He goes to take a bite of his pie and the liberal's like, give me another piece of your pie, man. <laughs> You're a racist and a bigot if you don't give me another piece of this pie. You big sexist if you don't give me a piece of this pie. And the conservative's like, no, I already gave you half of my pie. I'm not giving you any more. And so the liberal's like, no, you're this big bigot. I'm telling everybody. And the conservative's like, well, if this will just shut him up, give him one more piece of my pie, this is it. And so he gives him another piece of the pie. And there you go. The conservative is sitting down. He's got two pieces left. The other guy's got all uh, three-fourths of the pie. And that's when the liberal looks at him and is like, give me the rest of the pie. That's my pie. <laughs> See, I already got all this. This proves that this is my pie. <laughs> that's and, so true. And uh, that's how it goes. And you can't compromise with liberalism because you end up losing the whole pie. 
Yeah, and you can't give up your pie, man. Pie's good. I like pie. Especially if it's like pumpkin pie, man, this time of the year. Yeah, but, well, it's got to have whipped cream on if it's pumpkin pie. But I'm I'm oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm an apple pie fan. I mean, I'm an apple pie fan. I got to I got to Well, then you got to have ice cream. So I have to have ice cream That's with apple so, pie. So, okay, so do you like do you like hot apple pie or cold apple pie or do you like both depending on what it's with? I guess it both depending on what it's with, but I usually eat it hot with ice cream on it. I, if I'm going to have it, that's how I'll have it. I think if I have it at some kind of like Thanksgiving or Christmas meal or something like that or whatever, I want it hot with ice cream on top. But I'm I'm good with like cold apple pie, man. Just out of the fridge. Although that's usually when you are you wake up, it's like 1 a.m., you wander into the kitchen to get a glass of water and you open up that fridge and you see that apple pie. Before you know it, you've eaten that entire apple pie. And then the next morning, the kids are crying, and they're like, what happened? You're like, I don't know. Somebody broke in and ate the apple pie. It wasn't daddy. That's usually how it happens in my house. <laughs> my kids always know I eat things, so they hide them from me. Not about you, but I like my pie, man. Yeah. Well, speaking of pie and pieces of the pie, let's see where we're at here. Yep. I was just gonna uh, say, Trump is at... 49.9% in Florida and 49.1% is Biden in Florida with 87% in. So, wow. Uh, there's the panhandle left is what I'm hearing the account. And that usually goes um, conservative. And so it looks like Trump is going to have Florida. He's winning in Georgia, but it's still only 11%. Ohio, um, pretty close. Well, Actually, it's not close, but it's only 36% in Biden's win and 10% and, um, in on Texas, Biden's winning. But again, way too early. Again, as we said, what's going to end up happening is all these early votes are going to come in. Um, all these early votes are going to come in for Biden. And then the day of votes will come in and that'll change change everything. And so it's going to be really close on some of these. All right. So we talked about how we voted in the past. Was there any election in the past like today? I mean, you know, every every four years, it's the end of the world kind of deal. <laughs> but um, and I hate to say it. Well, this time for real, it really is. I mean, I, 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 I get a sense that there's more at stake on this. Just the fact that the media, in my opinion, has just been. Uh, atrocious, uh, more so than any time before, shutting down social media accounts, locking out even uh, like the, the social media, um, locking out the New York Post, for example, with the yeah. stories about yeah, Hunter, Hunter Biden. Biden. Yeah. And so um, did you see you've that got they, that they, going did on. Did you see the suspended the Babylon Bee one for a while there and, and demonetized them on, on Facebook? Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. And then they told him they told them they either had to take that post down or they had to take it down or remove it. And that they also couldn't talk about the fact that they were told to take it down and remove it, which I love the fact that the guy who's in charge of the Babylon Bee went on Twitter and said, they told us we either have to take it down or remove it. And they told us we're not allowed to talk about this dot, dot, dot. Oops. Did I just tweet this? <laughs> which I, I feel like at this point, that's the kind of things you got to do. You just got to throw it back at them. But yeah, I agree. I think we're at, an end of some sorts. Um, I think if I think if President Trump wins, um, I think it's better for the country. 
but I probably just gave away who I voted for then. We'll, we would have got to that anyways. Um, but I think that it still is only four years of getting our crap together and figuring out how are we going to get ourselves out of this? You know, how are we going to move forward? We need to elect better leaders. We need to get people out. We need to change things. We can't keep going the same way we're going. We can't, you know what I mean? Like it, you get to these elections and then if the right guy wins, everybody's like, oh, okay, we're fine. We'll, we'll figure it out tomorrow. And then tomorrow turns into four years later. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I, I think this is a good, you're, you made a good point there, which is, this is a, a, a an election. If the Lord allows, I think uh, Trump to win will be best for our country, and in particular, um, not because he's a saint or because he's going to rule exactly by God's law, but I think it bides us time um, to prepare our families better. Yeah, you know, we're, we this we're the Patriarchy Podcast, and we're trying to encourage men to be men and to build up their households to serve the Lord and to. Uh, uh, be prepared uh, for different things. And I feel like we still have a lot of work to do um, ourselves in this mm-hmm. category. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, I've been praying for God to give us a, some reprieve. Um, either way, it's game on. You know what I mean? So we can't, uh, uh, Trump wins. We can't be like, oh, now the savior of the world has come. Uh, hallelujah. Right. But rather right. Uh, tomorrow we need to be, game on building up our families building up our churches and uh being faithful and if biden wins then it's definitely game on and i think we need to begin thinking what what does it look like when when he tries to shut down the whole country because of covid and uh they're not as kind to churches and families what do we do um that's a real possibility and I don't know that a lot of churches or a lot of fathers have thought through that other than to make like really brash statements like, oh, yeah, well, we'll stand for well, how will you? What will you do if your church building is you rent a church building from somewhere or, or that kind of stuff? And so All I'm right. still thinking through that for our church. Uh, what do we do? So we've talked about a lot of that on this podcast about the daily grind, being faithful then. And a lot of that does not. A lot of that doesn't change, but uh, I do think uh, we need to be thinking through that very strongly, um, and not just thinking through it. Uh, there's a, a famous theologian, uh, a pastor, or I'm not really a pastor, a college professor that ends his podcast with, "We ought to think long and hard about this." So, <laughs> I don't want to be that. We can't just think; it's got to be practical. We got to act, uh, trusting the Lord and being faithful. Uh, let's take a little break before we just talk about voting today, who you and I voted for. Um, I'm looking at Florida. I keep looking at Florida because it, it's a big state. Big. Uh, it'll be a, a big tell what happens. And right now, Trump is winning at 50.3 to 48.7 with 89% in. So he's up over 150,000 votes. Still that's relative. pretty good. Yeah, that's still relatively close, but it's not as close as I think before. It was almost split right down the middle, didn't you say? Yeah, I mean it's still that's still very close, but that's two points. Uh, yeah, almost. Okay. Uh, or one, it's at least one percentage point above. 
he's ahead in Georgia. Um, I'm trying to see Ohio, 41% in. He's at 55. I mean, he's at 43%, and Biden's at 55.6. So let's uh, let's talk about voting today. How that went. Um, I'm, I'm sure we've already played our cards on who we voted for, but let's talk about that. Um, is it was it an easy vote for you, thinking principally, or is it just a complete pragmatic thing for you? Um, especially as somebody who is opposed to abortion, and and I think the best way to end abortion is by abolishing it, by getting off the kind of pro-life hamster wheel and working state by state, putting in um, abolition bills and calling for the state to ignore uh, Roe v. Wade and to uh, do the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. I still think that is probably our best chance of reform and, and of ending abortion. But uh, so some people that might agree with that, then they might accuse uh, me of being unprincipled in, in the way I voted today. So how about you? How, what did you think through? How did you think through that? The, the first, okay. So the, the first, uh, four years ago, president Trump ran the first time. Um, I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for Hillary cause Hillary's a demon, but, um, I didn't vote for Trump. And the reason I didn't is cause I, I just, I just didn't believe him. I'll be honest. I, I just didn't believe him. I, I didn't believe that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. Uh, it kind of was just odd to me that this, uh, you know, guy that was really, you know, a big business guy, but also kind of a Hollywood star type, you know what I mean? Like he, his, he wasn't like acting in movies per se, but he was out there like that. He, he, his name was known and he hung out with a lot of people that I would never hang out with, or at least the way that he hung out with them. And I, I just, I just didn't believe him. I didn't believe him. And I was pretty severe (laughs) Uh, back then uh, with people that did and or people that voted for him. I've since apologized for that. Um, But I was, I was really, I think I was, I was just really harsh. I I don't don't think I was, I know I was. Um, I felt like people were overlooking things, probably a lot of things that people are accusing us of right now. Um, But I think the first time around, I don't, I don't regret not voting for him the first time. I regret the way I acted towards other people the first time, but I don't regret not voting for him the first time because I really didn't have a good reason to believe him. But after four years, I do. I mean, I'll admit it, I do. Uh, The things that he has promised to do, um, both good and bad, um, because there are some things he said he was going to do that probably weren't the best things, but there were a lot of good things he said he was going to do that he did do. And he, he actually has followed through on those, unlike most politicians that don't. Um, I don't agree with everything he's done. Um, there are other things I wish he'd be more uh, harder on or come out stronger against or something like that. But uh, one thing I've noticed about him is he seems to have a soft spot for the church. Um, and there's a lot of speculation as to where that comes from. Um, but, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll show my cards here, show my hand. I don't believe he's a believer. Um, but I do believe he is sympathetic to the church. Um, so I feel he's like he's got, he, he's got, 
Yeah. He's got, at the very least, some kind of superstitious fear of, of God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and like I was going to say, there, there's, yeah, there's multiple ideas as to why, and I think that's probably a good one. But whatever the reason is, he listens. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's, he's listened to, well, he's listened to some people like Paula White that aren't good, but he's listened to other people. He's let people pray for him. He has uh, shown a reverence, whether that's a, a right one or not, of God and of the church, um, more so than a lot of presidents have. Um, anyway, all that being said, I, I it was not a hard vote for me this time around. Um, I would say I finally came to my position that I was going to vote for him. Uh, I think maybe like f- four months ago or something like that. And um, then I was pretty settled on it. I mean, I, I felt fine. And, you know, I, I felt fine voting for him today. What about you? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, that's pretty much my story as well. I didn't believe that he had the character the first time around in the first election. So I, I voted for a third party who actually, um, I actually, who's who ran, ran, I'm putting in quotation marks for president this time as well. Mm-hmm. And actually, if I had to compare the two, I would say the guy I voted for in 2016 has showed himself to be less qualified than he was then and even of less character than probably President Trump. And that's going to be, some people are going to take that very hard. But what I mean is the guy has done absolutely no attempt to grow his campaign from the first time and has mainly been, I mean, I, I even kind of worked in the guy's campaign for Kentucky and stuff a little bit. And uh, he's shown just himself to be, I don't, I don't think he has great, that great of character. And at the same time, uh, President Trump has been in office, has kept his promises. He's been brash, but I think he's been brash to the right people. Yeah, for the most like part. I think there's sometimes that he's popped off a few times. But, but yeah, I, I do actually appreciate his bluntness. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, no, I... I I like the fact that he has been hard hitting against uh, those who hate our country mm-hmm. and uh, those who are kind of sneaky and swarmy and, and all those things in, in the, you know, in politics or elsewhere. Um, the fact he even lashed out at Russell Moore, what I think once <laughs> you're kidding me. I didn't know yeah. <laughs> and oh, so, Russell. you know, um, so this time I voted. I didn't. I didn't have the hesitancy. Mm-hmm. Not that I think that President Trump's all of his policies, the fact that he supports homosexuality or he gives lip service to that, I think is wicked. Yeah, yeah, me too. And um, it's something that we ought to call him out on. And at the same time, of those running, I just I I think he's the most qualified. He's he's done a decent job, and has kept most of his promises. So I went in the day and I cast my two votes for President Trump. Me too. And I know everybody's going to get mad that we said we cast our two votes. Think about it, people. (laughs) Think. Actually, so this was actually my wife's first time to vote in a presidential election. She's a 
Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, became, became a citizen. Yeah. So this is the first time she voted for president. And so she, she asked me how to vote. I went in and I, I voted first. The kids were in the car and I took a picture of my ballot, uh, both sides sent to her. She went in and did the exact same thing that I did. And then, uh, we both took a picture of our stickers and had a good time. Yeah. I, I found a, um, they, they have like those, what are they called? Kind of like white sheets or something like that or whatever. Um, that tell you different party affiliations and things like that. Um, Although it doesn't give you everybody, but I had stuff like that and then I made notes on it and then I brought it in with me because I, I don't remember half these people's names. You know, one thing that really surprised me is there were at least three, if not more, uh, local positions where I live that the only person on the ballot was the Democrat. There was They were running uncontested, which there, was there, kind there of were, There was actually a, there was a uh, congressional... Um, district here that had a Democrat and a Libertarian, and no Republican, <laughs> and no Republican. So I voted for the I voted for the Libertarian. Yeah, yeah, I would have too. Yeah. All right. So yeah. one of the things I would I would say is that you know our votes are not sacraments. They're not a mystical thing. They're not um. You don't you don't hold it up before you put it in the little scanner for everybody to see, like the. I kiss the ballot four times and cross myself and <laughs> you have to, you have to, kneel, I, you have to kneel down and they give it to you. Um, yeah. And I have a little stuff. incense. I have a little <laughs> incense that I put up and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's a tool. It's a privilege given to us by God and it's a tool. And so we got to use it wisely. You know, most people throughout history have not had the ability to choose their own leaders uh, um and so we have an opportunity to do that so we ought to use it wisely mm -hmm. but this idea that like somehow by voting for trump you're you're investing your own personal soul and spirit into him which many have seemed to they may not make that argument um out loud but that's really kind of how they act well and let me be fair there are some people that haven't very unhealthy uh, affiliation to President Trump. There, there are some people that, whether they say so or not, basically treat him like he is the savior of the nation and that he can do no wrong and that everything he says is brilliant and, and that gets old. So I get that and I hope that nobody's lumped us in with that crowd because I do think there are things he's done wrong. I don't think he's going to save the nation. Um, I do think he's good for the nation for the next four years, but I don't think he's going to save the nation. Um, and I certainly don't think that everything he's done is correct or everything he said is correct, though I appreciate a lot of what he's said and done. But you know what I mean? You know this, when I'm talking about the, that kind of reaction that some people have? Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um you know, one thing that's important to keep in mind, actually, and I think maybe we ought to talk about this some, is really that passage that you read, which is uh, Psalm 2. I preached from Psalm 2 on Sunday, and if you want to, here's a summary of my sermon. If it was this, Jesus Christ is King, and, and that's more than a trite, spiritual-sounding phrase. It's actually spiritual, physical, political. It's Jesus is King over all the earth. 
And mm -hmm. so uh, that means that kind of every conspiracy to throw off his reign is laughable and pathetic. Uh, and that means there's nothing Democrats can do about Jesus being king, nor Republicans. They can't fool him with feigned obedience. So we all ought to bow our knees to Christ. Uh, Christianity, uh, Tony, is a world domination religion. And what I mean by that is not that we are a religion in search of world domination, but rather a religion with a king who already has world domination. And so you look at Psalm chapter 2. And you've got these nations in an uproar and people devising a fame thing. They're, they're trying to throw off the reign of God. And uh, this is kind of the ultimate, like, uh, rap diss track. <laughs> okay. Right? So, it. <laughs> or it's like, uh, the way I described it on Sunday, it's like, uh, uh, we will rock you. And we are the champions put together in a psalm. Okay. So it's here, here's you might summarize Psalm 2. You tried to stop me from being king. You were actually attacking God. God made me king anyways. So you better do what I say or I'll I'll rock you. <laughs> I feel like this is like how the message reads it. <laughs> 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 uh, that's the message translation. <laughs> Oh no, that's, I mean, that really is, is really what it's saying here. The, these people plotted to try to keep Jesus from being king and it was all vain and Jesus is king anyways. And he is a, he's a king who has been given all the nations as an inheritance, even the very ends of his earth. So there, there's nowhere that he's not king of. He's king in particular in his church as he works to protect and guide and purify his church and so he's king of his church. He's king outside of his church. And everything he does is actually to protect and lift up his church. But the nations trying to rebel against him, they really, they're futile. They, there's nothing they can do. And so Jesus is king. And here, this can be like this most frightening thing for everyone who's rebelled against Jesus. Because it's not just kings of the earth and rulers that take counsel against the Lord. Everyone does. Everyone conspired against Jesus. The Apostle Peter says in Acts that, you know, all the people were gathered together in the city. Herod and, and Pontius Pilate, the Jews, you and I, we were all in on it, trying to stop Jesus from being king with our sin, trying to overthrow his rule. And he's made king anyways. And so that can be quite frightening, but actually, and in and this psalm is very strongly worded, but there's this great part of grace here where the king now coronated says now therefore O kings show discernment take warning O judge of the earth worship the lord with reverence rejoice with trembling that's a warning and actually it's a it's a call for grace because he tells them you tried to stop me from being king i'm king anyways now you need to be wise and be warned but you also need to rejoice um, we don't usually tell our enemies, hey, you need to take joy and rejoice. Uh, the only way you can say that to your enemies and for them to actually want to do that is if in saying that you're telling them, hey, you are my enemy. I'm giving you the opportunity not to be my enemy. Join me. Hmm. And isn't that the mercy of Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And so, so you look at Psalm 2 
and you apply that what's going on today. Whoever is going to be president, Jesus is going to be king. And uh, they better answer, they're going to answer to Jesus. They're going to answer to Jesus. So they better be wise, rejoice while they have opportunity, lest his anger be kindled. Hmm. Uh, and I think churches need to reclaim this message. You think about this. This is a very, like I said, I kind of put it as that rap diss track kind of deal because it's very blunt. It's, it is. You tried to stop me from being king. I'm king anyway, so you need to repent. That's exactly how the apostle Peter uh, spoke to, uh, preached, right? He said uh, in Acts chapter 2 to the people, right? This Jesus, God has made Messiah and Lord, this Jesus whom you killed. So you killed Jesus. Jesus was made king. And the people kind of fill in the dots, don't they? They're like, uh-oh, if that's true, what do we do? Mm. Yeah. And so they're like, what do we do? Yeah. And then they repent. I, I, I think we have to recapture that and preach that to even civil magistrates. And so whether it's Trump winning or Biden winning, we have an opportunity as a church to preach that to them and to our local magistrates as well. Um, it's not a distraction from the mission of the church. It's part of the mission of the church to preach the gospel to all peoples. And um, we see that in church history. That's exactly what they've done. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand the political implications of the gospel. I mean, the the, the universal, the national implications of it. And I, I yeah, you're right. We The church needs to reclaim all of that. I, I feel like a lot of conversations I've had with people that would, you know, probably consider themselves a modern evangelical or whatever you want to say. Um, the moment you start talking about trying to elect somebody uh, that would, or, or trying to work with a legislator that would uh, legislate uh, biblical law, right? Like uh, abolish abortion, for example, because been there, done that. Um, trying to get that done. And it, I had so many problems with people that were professing believers that just go, oh, I, we can't do that. We can't legislate our morality. We That's that's for us. That's God's law for us. That's not for everybody else. And yeah, it's, it's cringe, cringe time when that happens. Um, and then, you know, you have to try to take your time and explain it out to them. But uh there's a problem there. There's this weird problem of this very inward-facing gospel, um, and and we've forgotten uh, all of the implications of God's word, all of God's dominion and His kingdom. I, I think we've just forgotten it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, you and I've talked through things and different historical things on why that might be and why that is. I think there's multiple reasons for that, but uh, we have fallen a long way in not that long. Absolutely. So, um, well, let's check back in on a coverage here. Um, I feel like I need some news background music for that. Let's, let's go to well, the... We're at let's 20%. Joseth. <laughs> or 20% what? So it's 20% expected vote in, according to this. And 
Trump is actually winning. This is so early. New York City and California is going to change all this a little bit on the popular vote. Mm -hmm. But Trump is winning the popular vote right now. He's definitely going to win Florida. 91% in. He's up by over 100. He's at 50.6 to 48.4. He's winning in Georgia. 4% in. He's he's winning Michigan. It's way too early to tell. Um, That North Carolina number... Um, sixty-six percent percent in. He's at fifty. He's at forty-five percent to fifty-three. So that's not looking too good. That was what state? Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Yep. Hmm. And Ohio. He's not looking too hot in yet. Um, he's at forty-three percent to fifty-five point three percent, but only fifty percent in. And remember, we as we've said, you're going to get a lot of early things that are going to show Democrat leads. Right. And then and then Republicans will either come in and hopefully overtake that or not be able to to, to overtake it. What's so, uh what's what's South Dakota look like? It's just interesting because of the governors and what I'm interested in. Uh South they they their polls don't close till nine PM Eastern, so we won't get any um numbers until after then. Okay. So right now we're basically looking east coast. Uh, yeah, you're, you're like as far west as you're getting right now. Well, you are getting some Texas call call numbers, but, uh, like Nebraska and Iowa, Wisconsin, all those are still, they're, they're still voting. Well, it'll be an interesting night, be an interesting day tomorrow. I mean, we still got a ton of votes to come in. So uh, one of these articles will say an early vote tops 100 million. So 100 million were in early votes. We're only at, as far as what's been counted, uh, about 16 million, uh, 17 million um, Donald Trump and 16.2 million Joe Biden. So you're you're over you're over 30 million out of that 100 million, even in the early voting. Hmm. So this is going to be. Wow, going to be slow. Um, you think this is going to come down to somebody's going to have to seed uh, the election, or do you think it's going to be more? One well, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely going to be fought. I think. Um, yeah. I I think it's going to come down to Pennsylvania. Um, you know if. If for some reason Trump loses Ohio, then it's pretty much over. I, uh, I I don't see any way that he could lose Ohio and still win. So he's down in Ohio right now at 49%. But again, there's still 50% of the vote to come in. So that, that could be all the rural areas, which could then bump him up and over. Hmm. Huh. Oh, yeah. What? Uh, Georgia voter drives 800 miles to vote in person after absentee ballot, ballot fails to be delivered on time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Nice. Huh? It's dedication, man. Okay. Well, um, I think it'll be a long time before we actually know what's going on here. Yeah. I think we've given our listeners a lot to kind of think about. And uh, this being our first time doing live, uh, show us a little grace, will you? Yeah, please. I think at one point, I've been making mic adjustments during this whole thing. So hopefully by the end here, it sounds better than it did at the beginning. Um, but 
yeah we'll see <laughs> we kind of this was impromptu we didn't totally plan this there was just kind of like hey we should just do a live thing and then it was like uh, okay we got to figure out how to do this so here we are patriarchy live all right man you got any final words before head us out i'll just keep praying for our nation pray for those in authority um pray for each other begin uh uh not begin but keep on uh pressing on in the lord whatever happens jesus is king all right well as usual until next time if you have not yet bowed your knee to christ repent and believe and if you have this is our call to you build fight protect lead. This is the patriarchy.